Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have gone underground, taken on secret identities in order to provide our unvarnished recommendations on a handful of stocks from each week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV and our quotations in the news, but our employers would never allow our unfiltered thoughts on the air, so we disguise our voices and they'll never know. This week, we're looking at the April 11, 2008 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. But first, a couple of disclosures I think are in order. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we are... uh, what? Doing this for entertainment only. purposes only, and it may not always be entertaining. And, <laughs> of course, and we also have a lot of conflicts of interest. We may own these stocks, may not own the stocks, may have lucrative arrangements with the management teams. We wish we had. <laughs> Don't we wish. And most importantly for you, if you're listening along, is we may have a complete lack of knowledge about anything we're talking about. Um, you can see all our disclosures at www.thevalueguys.com. And there's also, I think, some photographs of us there if you're interested in that. Take a survey. I'll be back in the back half of the show talking about a couple of names with a certain theme this week, an electricity theme, about the only thing that's, uh, you know, going up in the uh, world economy. Mm -hmm. And uh, before I get Mm -hmm. to that, I'd like to introduce with a, uh, a great deal of ado, because as you may notice, the show's late, and it's probably my fault, and uh, Vern has gone out of his way to connect here to, with me to finish the show here tonight. So I don't I don't have a theme connecting all of my stocks. It's going to be okay. I don't Try that, page numbers or like something. Like that cool electricity thing that you have going? I know. I, I don't have anything well, like maybe that. Maybe page. Do you have any rhyming stocks? No, I have, no. I have two of them that have to do with uh, office supplies. Okay. Hey, we're a little but mellow here has, on the value guys this week. It's kind of late. We've had some issues, so... We're feeling sleepy. I hope that doesn't interrupt your enjoyment of the show. But uh, I'd like to introduce. It's Vern not going to interrupt my enjoyment. No, of I know. The show, it's gonna, so. We're just trying to keep you awake. That's uh, <laughs> my main goal. Here. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to start by revisiting. Hello, everybody. I'm going to start by revisiting a, uh, a stock that I recommended the last time it was up in rotation, um, Office Depot, which now is down about seventy percent from its highs. Uh, the, according to Value Line, just under twelve dollars. I checked it closed Friday, actually under under eleven. 11. I yeah. bought that about a month ago. Um, I think when we talked like about it. it last time, the printed number on the report was close to fifteen dollars, maybe. In the, but the stock was actually uh, down at yeah, the time. Yeah, it was on its way down to like thirteen and a half. If you bought it off the show, you bought it around twelve fifty. Well, it, it, and since then, apparently they've reported a quarter, and they missed the quarter. Um, but it's not these aren't huge numbers. Value line, I went back and checked, and they were looking for sixteen cents in the December quarter. Office Depot did ten. Now they earned a dollar forty three for the year instead of almost a dollar fifty, so it's just a few percent off, but um Well, recession. Nevertheless, you know right. So if you're gonna have pressure on the uh small business sector and have companies go out of business, et cetera, it'll cut into their it'll cut into their business. Of course. Um but you know, it, a lot of times when you're when you when you're buying value, you understand that you might have to wait a year for all those comparisons to look great and positive compared with the year before. Um, but only a year. Value line rates this a five. Um, you know, it, this looks uh, very cheap to me. 
uh, trading at about 20% of sales on a per share basis, um, about six times gross cash flow, which is around $2. And interestingly, you'd think maybe that the stock's so cheap that it'd be highly leveraged or something, but not at 16% of total capital. Now, there's some stores, but uh, uh, I'm looking at easily $500 million of, uh, of uh, cash flow. Um, which What's a cash flow story? These guys generate cash, buy shares. It's run by the guy that did the same thing at AutoZone, which I owned, and I think it's and your a good lease, bet here. Your lease or rental costs have come out of that $500 million before you're looking at that number, and there's only about $40 million of uh, interest expense here. So very little financial risk and um, nothing except a, a steadily growing uh, cash flow per share for the company, really for the 15 years of history that Value Line shows here. Long history of uh, earning low teens return on invested capital, volatile year to year, but averaging, I don't know, it looks like about 12 or 13 percent until expected to be down eight this year. Uh, operating margins are expected to be down from, they had been running uh, north of six percent reliably, now under five. So those are opportunities for things to get stronger. And um, uh, the enterprise value, I make it about $3.9 billion. Um, value line looking for about seven hundred and fifty million. What are you doing? This is our clock because this clock was not started. Oh well, you need to be careful about moving this around. Anyway, um, so under a six times uh, EBITDA multiple, um, they've scaled back their expansion plans in North American retail business, which is about forty percent of sales and earnings. Uh, their business services business is uh, about 30%. Their international business is about 30%. What's worth noting here, mm -hmm. Vern, is that they bought a few years ago one of the great brands in uh, delivery office supply, Viking. So if you've heard of Viking office, they own that now. And they're huge in Europe, so they're diversified to the world economy. They're not just going to, you know, be exposed to the slipping U.S. economy. they got a big foothold over there with Viking. Well, and they're selling. I mean, these are uh, these are business essentials. This is uh, this is like uh, the equivalent of a consumer non-durables company in the. Uh, yeah, but uh, when the banks don't loan money, the, you uh, don't get startups, and startups, the first thing they do is buy stationery, yeah, et cetera. Exactly. That's fine, but uh, eventually uh, we'll come back to the reality that the crummy numbers now will be an easy basis of comparison a year from now. So, Are you uh, awake, Brent? Yeah, oh, oh, okay. I, I, I'm trying to be. Uh, okay. ODP is the symbol, Office Depot. Still like it, with it down you know, fairly significantly from the last time we recommended it. Uh, you heard Val, he owns it. Um, like it a lot. Easy now, I, I, I think higher quality and a little less risk, maybe. Um, also, uh, very inexpensive. Uh, United Stationers. Uh, what's the problem? I'm just trying to be aware of the time so we don't go to 37 minutes. That's all. Okay. Where is the time? It's down here. Okay, seven. Got it. Okay. Uh, United Stationers, symbol is USTR, stock around $49, um, is down from traded north of $70 last year. Uh, for those of you who don't know it, this is a very high-quality uh, wholesaler of office supplies and equipments equipment in the United States. And I think for maybe some people kind of uh, pigeonholed there, but uh, 
they've done a great job of not falling in love with uh, office supplies to the exclusion of other products that can be sold using the same business model and leveraging the same core skills and logistics and distribution the United Stationers has. So these days, um, the traditional office product business is only 30% of uh, United Stationers. Technology, 37% in 2007. Uh, janitorial and food service, up to 20% now. Uh, furniture, 12 uh, would account for the rest of it. See, but, I think they um, faced a lot of heat from Office Depot, Staples, and it's to their great and, credit that and they the stock diversified has performed in line that. with the market, and so has gone up significantly in absolute terms uh, steadily over the last eight or ten years. Uh, trades at a thirty percent discount to the market. I think you're probably talking about more of the general economic fear involved here. Um, cash flow apparently expected to be stable at about six dollars a share, so you about eight times cash flow. It's about 10 times free cash flow because there's not a lot of capital spending here. Operating profitability, very stable between 4 and 5% EBITDA margins over a long, long period of time. Uh, and then uh, leveraging efficiency, uh, turn in a return on capital. Also in the low teens, uh, use a little bit of leverage, get uh, return on equity in the mid-teens. Uh, very shareholder-friendly company is one of the things I like to see uh, company clearly uh, 2006 to 2007, very large share repurchase, so levered up the balance sheet basically to buy back stock. I don't know if that somebody was making a run at the business or not, but, uh, you know, i like to see a company that... Uh, well, they sell to all the mom-and-pop stationers, and the ones that are remaining are good. They've either got great locations, a great product mix, what have you, and so that part's leader in the Leader in the space that should be at least able to grow in line with the economy, probably a little bit better by uh, branching out into some of these related markets, selling for about eight times EBITDA and a billion and a half uh, enterprise value. USTR, check it out. That's my two office product ideas, and then the That's third one. That's kind of one, a theme, Vern. What's that? That's kind of a theme. Yeah, it's don't sort of you a think? theme. It's a it's a junior theme. Hey, what's what's getting you down, buddy? Yeah, nothing getting me down. Yeah, I, you're just I'm fine. You're just it's in late. a different it's time late. zone. You know, there's uh, there are other things. Vern seems a little sad to me. That's all. Uh, the third stock I have this week. I, I'm actually it. kind of excited about, although I don't know a lot about it, and. I would recommend that you um, do you a little work You sound wildly it. excited about it, I have uh, to say. And this is... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to thanks. defend myself against uh, your flailing limbs. Of this is Lojack Corp, uh, symbol L-O-J-N. What's the N stand for there? I, I have no idea. It's completely... Nonsensical? no sense. <laughs> there you have go. It, we they, got could have, it. they could have the symbol basically say Lojack, but instead it's L-O-J-N. I don't know. I, you know, I, so I, who's call in if you know CEO that CEO is somebody, some guy named Richard Riley. So Richard Riley in uh, Westwood, Massachusetts. My recommendation is find out if somebody has LOJK. Go for it. Who could have LOJK? I don't know. Anyway, uh, LOJN value oh. line. You're going to love this. The stock, uh, they print the report with the stock at 957. Now, it closed Friday at 1040, so it's already up some from here. So maybe a coverage effect because they they just uh, they featured in the table of contents page this week. They're adding it to coverage this week. Lojack. Great. Welcome aboard. With a Lojack. five rating. Oh, <laughs> welcome aboard. Wham, our worst rating. Thank and you. The, and the stock, interesting, the stock actually up, you know, from where they have it priced. But, I mean, that's just probably uh, luck. But 
Does Never everyone was. know what Lojack does? Did you mention? I'm does? sorry. I think a lot of people know. have probably heard of this company. Probably. They make, uh, uh, they make uh, transmitters, a transponder, a high-frequency transponder, it says here. Um, That's key. Which, uh, with an antenna and a power supply and some very unique codes, sends out a signal if somebody steals your car. Or I, they branched out into related markets like, uh, I think, things like farm tractors. Or stealing um, your dog. Do they well, get that? And they give them the ability to find it very quickly because they have a signal to home in on. Uh, it's also a great deterrent to theft because you can just put a you know stickers a on sticker your windows and not actually tell the have thief the device. That, Look, you're going to get caught cheaper. within minutes of you know stealing this car because you know the symbol signal is going to go out and the cops. Um, I don't know how they transmit it to the local police. But, we don't. That's beyond our. But they uh, do. Scope. I don't care how they do it. Anyway, it's an no. interesting little business. This stock's been crushed. It's down sixty percent in the last twelve months. Uh, traded above twenty dollars each of the last three years. So, around ten today. This is about six times gross cash flow. Not a lot of capital spending. I don't know why somebody like Trimble won't buy this business. Um, they apparently have some issues in Canada. They're going to have some short-term expenses to convert their product from analog to digital, according to a government mandate. Um, the uh, the, uh, the top line is sensitive to uh, new car, new vehicle sales because that's where you know you get the thing put on it in the first place. So that's I, probably what, maybe probably that's why it's down. A smaller retrofit market. So there's some cyclical exposure, but. Why it would be quite so cheap, I'm not well, sure. Her and I have a question. Again, here, very little leverage. In fact, more cash than debt. Question so if pops you take to mind, the, though, if I could ask you. All right, go I ahead. Fern doesn't seem What's happy. What's your question? With me. Well, my question just relates to the fact that most cell phones now have GPS embedded. Mm-hmm. And if I've got a cell phone in my hand, or if I can just stash a cell phone in my car, can't that kind of track the car? I don't mean to, you know throw aspersions at Lojack, but if you just have a phone. Most people I know that when they take their car with them in their car somewhere and then they park, they like to continue to have the phone on Well, no, but the cell phone companies could compete. That's not the same phone is my point. If you're Verizon, can't you just offer a guy a second line that's bolted into his car? I mean, I don't know. I don't don't know. I don't know if the... Just uh, raising the question. I don't know if the police have the uh, ability to track any phone that uses any carrier. What if the phone calls you and it says, hi, I'm well, that's uh, not being Burns' phone, today. I'm in his car, it's and I'm just, this today. is my message, and I'm being stolen. Something like that. Not being offered. Well, I'll just get little personal robot attendants that will take care of all this right. stuff for us, and then Lojack will be out of business. It just seems like that could be on the horizon. Yeah, okay. Years right. from now, in the future, when you know we don't need this company's products anymore, they, they probably will. Have, they'll probably be making something else entirely, <laughs> or will have been. You know, they serve okay. as the foundation of some new technology okay. someplace else. All right. I don't know. They have a I brand. Care. I'll give you that. I'm they have you, a brand. It's cheap. It's 175 well, there million be a equity. They have a brand. Less 25 million. We'll say um, net cash. Uh, 150 million uh, enterprise value. According to Value Line, they're going to earn 20 percent EBITDA margins on more than 200 million of revenue. Oh, so. Good. Better than forty million of EBITDA. It's a four multiple, half that. I mean, still eight, and that would be uh, the second lowest year for profitability they've had in the last ten years, if that happens. So yeah, um, okay. it looks like whatever's gone wrong here in the short term, maybe uh, exaggerated by the 
relatively low uh, liquidity involved with a stock that's this small. Well, tied I mean, into autos. Obviously, be very careful uh, if you're going to invest in a name like this. But uh, under ten, under one times revenue for a business that has grown from under $100 million in revenue in 2001 to over 200 in 2006, and I think all organically. So L-O-J-N, check it out, Lojack Corp. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to hopefully the less sleepy, somewhat more energetic I don't know. Val Hughes. I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit. I did have a cough. Okay, well, I you know, mentioned earlier that I had this exciting theme it's called electricity, and uh, you know you think it's an old technology. Well, it is, but I think electricity is in the ascension. Uh, fossil fuels, also uh, fire, you know, other former energy sources in the descension. And the reason I say that is, of course, this is not you know it's just an observation. Fossil fuels are now related to national security. And uh, if we can get cars running on electricity, which everyone is feverishly attempting to do, that's going to dramatically reduce our dependence on fossil fuels. We have a whole host of energy sources that can generate electricity from everything from, you know, fire of wood, which I don't recommend, coal, which we have in abundance, and our friends in Canada, uh, among my favorite nations, has, you know, all these tar sands that can be turned into uh, electricity. So if we can run everything on electricity, we do have somewhat of a chance of energy independence, and I think that's going to be in the ascension for 50 years. And so uh, we got a couple of electricity ideas this week. How about that, Vern? Okay. Uh, first up, Cooper Industries. Electricity's been in the ascension for <laughs> what? 150 years or something like that? Well, but fossil fuels and cars. You know, the growth of cars took the uh, you know took the wind out of electricity and, plus electricity okay, became you're, you're going to tell regulated. me that these companies have specific regulated. products used in automotive applications no I, I don't know what I'm going to tell you oh. on that I don't read ahead of my own stuff I just talk extemporaneously <laughs> no I appreciate no that. I don't know about here's what I think in within 10 years I'm going to say we got cars the volt people are working on this uh you know, once a lot of these things get off the road, plugged into the grid, there's going to be a lot of growth in electricity. Anyway, uh, bear in mind this week, I know uh, very little about these stocks. I don't own them. I'm really relying on my theme here this week to drive <laughs> performance. And, and the excellent resources of Value Line. Well, I'm just using Value Line, so I'm just like the listener. Just read along with me because I do not know anything about these things. Cooper Industries, CBE, page 1004. Here's my theme on... Cooper, how much would you pay to keep getting electricity? If you're saying to yourself, an awful freaking lot, then what I'm suggesting is these guys have some price, pricing power. They're putting up mid-teens operating margins now. Uh, they've got a return on capital of going back a long way of mid-upper teens. They have very little debt, which is good right now, uh, putting up uh, you know low 20s, upper teens return on equity. What do they do? Well, according to Value Line, 87% of their sales are electrical products. So that says it all in my th thematic approach this week. <laughs> uh, it also accounts for 90% of operating profits. So, hey, electrical products, a little better margin than the rest of their business. Um, 
what else can I tell you here? They have they they sell a lot of electronic instrumentation, and as we've talked about in the past, products with the word instrumentation often sell at higher multiples. And when they've got a high margin, it tells me they're doing something proprietary. So absolutely, do some more work here. But there's a lot of good clues. Uh, Value Line doesn't say how much of their business is international. Usually they put that in. They didn't this week. But according to the text here in Value Line, they sell a Probably lot of stuff. Not a lot, you know. Well, different I don't electrical know. Standards it says in India, markets. China, and the Middle East are oh. growing fast. Well, then so I guess they maybe do. they're very small and growing fast. But evidently they're important. And despite the difficult operating environment, Cooper appears to be performing well. I mean, I don't know why it appears to be. Maybe it actually is. You know, I don't know. <laughs> is there the, some question about the, the accounting suggested. At Exactly. So. Uh, now, their profits are being partially offset by rising energy prices. I don't think that's news to anyone, so that's probably in the stock. This thing sells at 12 times earnings. Why am I going on? That's why. 2.4% yield, you know, that's not great. Uh, but you're selling at nine times gross cash flow, a little bit of CapEx per share, 75 cents, 12 times free. So to me, or value line free, if you will. So to me, that's about 8% return cash on cash. Value line says they're going to grow 9.5%. That's an 18% return. Now, that's not great, but when the long bond is at 4, I guess it's pretty great. Uh, what else can I tell you here? You know, frankly, <laughs> not a lot. So, uh, according to Value Line, not a lot of opportunity here. This may be early. You know, certainly they're going to have to get through a year of recession comparisons, but uh, CBE, Cooper, take a look, page 1004. Next up, a stock I'm equally uninformed about. Thomas and Betts, TNB. Now, about 25 years ago, I actually did write on one of their competitors, but I'm guessing things have changed in the in the electronics game since 1983. Don't you think, Bern? Probably. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Are you talking to me? No, just go ahead. You're relaxing. These guys are putting up also an upper teens operating margin, which suggests to me something proprietary. Uh, low teens return on capital. Again, very little leverage. That's appealing. So mid-teens, uh, return on equity. Uh, seven times gross cash flow, that's what I'm attracted to. Ten times free, again, not a cap, uh, capital-intensive company. What do these guys do? Again, in my theme, they manufacture electrical and, so they're diversified a little bit, electronic. <laughs> so they do both. Uh, devices, okay? So what? not just anything, they make devices. Right. And that's 82% of sales. And they do it for the industrial, construction, utility, and retail markets. So that's a lot of different markets, you know, in case one of them goes bad. <laughs> they make fittings. I wonder, fastener, I wonder huh? if that any of them, I wonder if when one goes bad, then, <laughs> never mind. Some of them are going to go bad this year, obviously. Uh, here's, they also, they make outlet boxes, lighting fixtures, connectors, and switch gear. All really important stuff to the whole electrical game. Uh, right now, they're getting some economies of scale. They made a Lampson and Sessions acquisition November 07, so they're apt to see some even better margins uh, than they're enjoying right now. And it looks like a good part of their story over time has been accretive acquisitions, sort of bolt-ons where they can, you know, buy someone at a multiple the seller thinks is okay, cut costs, and they really paid a lot less. And, uh, you know, what's my return here? Well... Ten times free, that's 10% cash on cash, plus value line says 9% uh, cash flow growth, so 19%. Thomas and Betts, stocks down to a 64% of the market PE, 
when when you look back over time, according to value line, it tends to be you know around 90%, which means they're probably getting over one every year, and that's a pretty good upside for Thomas and Betts. TNB. Okay, finally, my favorite idea that I know no more about than any of the other ones, Varian Semiconductors. You just like the name uh, of it. Well, you know, I think you might know something about this. I'm Uh-oh. having a little deja vu here on this one. <laughs> V-S-E-A, <laughs> I mean, page 1099. Okay. I've been stunned yeah. speechless by the level what's, of deja vu I'm experiencing. What's the theme here? <laughs> well, they have a very high return, high ROA value add on a commodity uh, business, which is semiconductor semiconductor There's manufacturing, commodity like semiconductor about manufacturing about an ion implantation no, no, you're device. Misunderstanding me. What? These guys are value added. Yeah. They supply a commodity industry, the semiconductor manufacturing industry, oh, which okay. can't earn its way out of a bag historically. Yeah. And these guys are selling something to this extremely cash tight industry at a 24% operating margin. Flip that around, that's a giant markup on cost. They choose to use Varian. And they're putting up a uh, low 20s return on capital and same return on equity. No debt here. 250 a share in cash, no debt. So. Uh, According to value line, you know, they're selling an 11 times gross cash flow. That's really 10 with the cash. And 12 times free, that's really 11 with the cash. 9% cash on cash. And value line says they're going to grow 20% uh, earnings uh, over the next five years. So I've got some high upper 20s return on my investment. If you can rely on that, it's notoriously You can't rely on any bust. of this stuff. Well, not, in this, not for these guys. They're re- they're very stable. They've never. I'm looking back here. They've never lost money except okay one year o two, oops also ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, they've been very stable. Uh-huh. And of course, what they've learned is uh, well, they didn't have much debt there either. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they lose money in a year in tech. You know, big. They've, down just, been, tech they've years. just been through a huge. Their customers have just been through a huge capex cycle because of the adoption of 300-millimeter wafers. So they all had to buy new variant equipment. Now that they bought it all, it would seem that they might not need to buy any again Well, the right stock away. is down from uh, 58. It's 29. Don't you think a lot of that could be in the stock, Vern? That's yeah, what I'm it saying. It could be. I don't know a lot I, about it. I know it. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, it looks worth checking out. They've got a pretty stable history. It could be that there was just one good generation, but it looks like there's more than that here to me. Varian... Page 1099, VSEA, and... Uh, and that's your favorite idea this week? Yeah, VSEA. Mm-hmm. I'm early, okay. though. I'm early. <laughs> Not wrong. I'm early. Just let that known. How about you? You got a favorite? I, I have a couple that I don't think I'm quite as early on, but... Uh, really? Yeah, I'm going to go with... probably early on I'm going to go with view. United Stationers. I'm going to go with USTR, uh, market leader, uh, demonstrated track record on sale for uh, less than a market multiple. All right. Uh, USTR. Sounds good. Okay. So, folks, come back and see us again. Bye, everybody. Okay.